In the hustle of the Christmas season, it can be easy to get bogged down in the millions of messages tied to Christmas. So this week, let's talk about one of the most important ones. Emmanuel, God with us. What does it mean and why does it matter? You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible. Through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's Word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the Word. Happy Wednesday, friends. As we close out our Advent series this week on our countdown to Christmas, my mind has kept settling on the name of Jesus. There's a song that we sing. And its opening line is, there's just something about the name Jesus. And it's so true. Whether we have faith or not in the person of Jesus as the Christ, as the Messiah, we sure do throw his name around a lot. As a matter of fact, you often hear his name used as profanity. Culture curses him, yet the church cries out to him. And why is that? What is it that compels us to his name? So I've been studying the person and the name of Jesus And as I do, I've learned the implications of him being Emmanuel, God with us. So today I wanted to take us through some of the prophecies that prepare us for Jesus and the fulfillment of those prophecies as we sit in the power of the advent of Christ. So we see the name Emmanuel, which is the Hebrew word for God with us, used three times in scripture, two times in the Old Testament, one time in the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew. And the famous reference in the Old Testament is when the prophet Isaiah is speaking a prophecy to King Ahaz. Now, Ahaz was not a godly king, and Isaiah was there bringing judgment and proclaiming God's message to the people. And what's important about prophecy, so I want to stop for a moment and teach you about the genre, is that prophecy holds a twofold implication. A prophet would deliver a message from the Lord, and as the prophet, there needed to be some evidence of his credibility. So there would be a short-term fulfillment or an immediate fulfillment of the prophecy as evidence that this word did indeed come from the Lord and it was credible. So then when the people saw the short-term fulfillment, they would trust in the long-term fulfillment that was to come. We see this time and time again in scripture. The case is no different in Isaiah chapter 7. When Isaiah delivers this word in verse 13, he says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now we often directly tie this to the nativity story, but before we do that, I want us to talk a little bit about the short-term fulfillment. This is a twofold meaning in the prophecy. You see, in the Hebrew, the word virgin here in the passage renders as young woman. It's the word used Alma. And so it means not only young woman, but it can also mean a woman who's not yet had a child, not yet been with a man and is still sexually pure. In the short term fulfillment in the court of Ahaz, there was a woman who did in fact conceive a child and name him Emmanuel. And so it's as if the prophet Isaiah is speaking to Ahaz in his court and there are listeners, viewers, an audience. And Isaiah speaks and turns and perhaps makes eye contact with one of these audience members and looks them in the eye. And then what do they know? King Ahaz soon has somebody from his court conceiving a child and naming him Emmanuel. And when that child is born in King Ahaz's mind, he remembers the prophet Isaiah's words about what the Lord had said. 
So there was very much a short-term fulfillment. We also see that there was a long-term fulfillment that happened when the gospel writer Matthew ties the birth of Jesus with the prophet's words. We see in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, he writes, All this took place, and he's referring to the birth of Jesus, before all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So why does all this name tracing matter? These prophets like Isaiah, they made proclamations about the promises of God. And as we celebrate the Christmas season, we proclaim that the promises were fulfilled. Let that sink in for a moment. God is faithful to his word. He said it and he did it. The method was unheard of, a virgin conception and birth, a God coming to take on humanity, a servant savior, atonement with his blood instead of ours. It can leave us scratching our heads, but it makes sense that the angels themselves declared the birth of Jesus to us with great joy. And they called for the people of creation to rejoice as well because they understood what it was to be with God. They understood the implications of God coming to earth. They may have thought it just as crazy as some of us think it. You see, the name Jesus was a common name in ancient Israel, but its implications are great because of the title Emmanuel that goes with Jesus. This son of God made flesh and blood, fully God and fully man, surrendering his ability to use his divinity so that he could sweat and struggle so that he would bleed and cry just like we do. The Jesus who stubbed his toe and laughed at the dinner table till his side hurt. The one who loved till his heart broke. The God who walked as man so he could save us. This Christmas, if we're not careful, it can be so easy to celebrate the manger and miss the Messiah. We can watch the plays and sing the carols and enjoy the movies, and eat the cookies. But we have to remember that Jesus isn't confined to the manger scene. We must not forget that there is more to the story. Jesus didn't come so we would keep him in the manger. He came so that he could walk side by side with us through life, so that we would move him from the manger scene into a manager role, where he guides us, he grows us, he gives us all that we need for day-to-day living. The incarnation was the manifestation of the miracle of God's desire to be with his people. Jesus may have grown up as man, died on a cross, conquered death, risen from the grave, and returned to the glory of heaven, but he hasn't left his people. Our concept of space and time and the boundaries of the physical realm often trip us up in the power of the spiritual realm, but friends, Jesus told us before he returned to the Father and his body left us that he would never leave us. As a matter of fact, his final words in the book of Matthew are, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The incarnation of Emmanuel wasn't just about the birth story in the manger scene. It's about the moments you and I have where we can commune with the father through the son in the power of the spirit. This is the message of Christmas. This is the implication of the incarnation. Emmanuel means God with us because he is. We don't have to do this life alone. 
We don't have to walk the worries of this world alone, and we don't have to deal with the penalty of death alone. We have a God who is with us. And even more than that, we have a God who is faithful. I tracked us through Isaiah and the prophecy of Emmanuel because I want us to see over and over how faithful God is, how God is faithful. We can trust him in the present and we can give him our hope of the future because of the track record of the past. He has always come through on his word. The timing may frustrate us and the means and the methods, may they may confound us, but God is faithful. He said it. He'll do it. So this Christmas, rest in the hope that we have because of Jesus. Emmanuel, our God with us. Until next week, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email, you can download resources, or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum. 